Welcome to Working Smarter, presented by Calabrio, where we discuss contact center industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. We're glad you're joining us to learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. My name is Dave Hookstra, Product Evangelist for Calabrio, and my guest today is Shalima Bala. Shalima is the global lead for Amazon Connect Partner Ecosystem, and Calabrio and Amazon work very closely together uh, on many different things, and it's a great partnership, and we are super excited to have Shalima join us today. So we could talk a little bit about what Amazon Connect and AWS are doing for the general contact center population as well as Calabrio customers. So uh, Shalima, thanks so much for joining us. I want to kind of start out with one of the things that we talk about on a, on a pretty common basis is the major trends that we're seeing in the contact center market, right? We started a few years ago with some of the major trends being, okay, we got to figure out how to do this remote model and what do we do with the pandemic? And now that we're past a little bit of that, we're starting to see a little bit of normalcy, but I'm curious from your point of view, um, what are some of those major trends that we're starting to see in the contact center market? First of all, uh, thank you, Dave, uh, for the introductions and thanks for having me here on the podcast. Um, it's a great question. Um, there was a trend before the pandemic and there's a trend after the pandemic. Right. And it's, uh, it's evolving pretty rapidly. Um, there are a few trends that I have seen um, now that we are still not in normalcy, but, you know, uh, a few trends that has emerged um, in last few years. The very first one is the the remote workforce. Before the pandemic, uh, most of the companies, they were doing small scale remote agent, work from home agent trials. And um, often they were interrupted by, you know, customers concern around security, incompatible technologies and processes. But uh, with pandemic, the remote workforce has um, accelerated quite a bit. And the companies had to do um, adopt this uh, new version of workforce that is remote pretty quickly and with limited resources. And um, the equation has shifted quite a bit now. Um, even the employees are expecting their employers to provide some sort of flexibility. And if they are not providing that, they are going job hunting. So remote workforce is not an exception anymore. It's the new normal. Yeah, I definitely have seen quite a bit of that with, you know, talking to customers and even agents. Um, if if you can't provide that for me, then, you know, it's the uh, the old problem. The next contact center will, right? If if I have experience in this in this area, it's not that hard for me to go out and find the next job where somebody will allow me to work remotely. And it's interesting some of the benefits that come along with that, right? We've now introduced the concept to the agents where Hey, when the, when things are a little bit slow, I can get a load of laundry done, or I can go and uh, take you know take care of a, a a child or something kind of in the middle of my day, and th those benefits are just too enticing. And so I think the challenge is how do we make sure that context center management understand the that that ability is probably one of the number one uh, trends that we're seeing in the the overall workforce. Absolutely, and even for the employers, they save a lot of. Um, uh, cost in terms of operations. They don't have to deal with real estate and they don't have to have agents work from the office and confine them to, you know, nine, nine to five into the cubicles. Um, 
The second trend from the, the contact center's perspective is the adoption of cloud technologies, right? Um, before pandemic, um, you know, the cloud adoption was there, but it was not widespread, right? Um, everyone remembers that peak of pandemic 2020 and 2021. Um, the customers and most of the contact centers have to, um, you know, migrate their on-prem on, on infrastructures to, and also the processes, security uh, protocols to support their remote workforce, right? And uh, that me meant that, that they had to make these changes very, very quickly. The cloud's uh, speed and scalability enable them to do that, right? Especially in the ever-changing and ever-changing policies and stay-at-home orders. And the cloud technologies um, are here to stay now. It's not and that they... Mm -hmm. I was going to say, and you know, not to steal any thunder from what we're going to talk about a little bit later, but that's that's kind of one of the real strengths of of what Amazon Connect can do. I mean, being able to spin up a contact center really quickly, and I'm sure that quite a lot during the pandemic, you were challenged with that that exact uh, that exact trend, right? Being able to say, "What do we do?" I, I remember having a discussion with some customers near in the middle of the pandemic about how is the move for you guys and it was so difficult right we had we had we, we were forwarding phone calls to agent cell phones and things like that it was you know so difficult to do the work from home and then i talked to other customers and you know who had kind of planned for the the, the cloud technology era and they were like oh it wasn't a big deal at all we just they just took their headset and their laptop and went home. You know, it's like, that's what we want to, we want to encourage people out. Did you see a lot of that as well during the, during that, during that time frame? Uh, absolutely. Especially you saw, uh, we saw that trend in the, in the IVR space because they had to scale very, very quickly and they had no time to set up those complex implementations of on-prem infrastructure. Right. Mm -hmm. So they had to come up something, uh, in in matter of like weeks um especially with the pandemic the call volume is also increasing because there's a lot of uncertainty and out how you'll be handling your customers um so it started with that and then slowly expanded into the core of the the contact center in terms of routing and also wfm technologies you might have seen surge into the adoption of your cloud infrastructure that is calabria one on aws no question. No question that, uh, you know, we we went from, I think it was something like 60% of everything kind of progressing towards the cloud to like 85%. And, and, and I think that number's even gotten higher since we, since the, since the peak of that overall, you know, especially with a lot of organizations, what, what we noticed a lot of, and I think you guys did too, there were a lot, there's a lot of response from um, COVID specific contact centers, right? Testing facilities, uh, rapid response facilities, statewide organizations to deal with that pandemic response. And it was like, hey, um, can you maybe get this thing spun up in three days? And we're like, uh, yeah, actually we can, right? And and it was it was kind of a neat, uh, it was a neat way to be able to respond to some of the challenges. You know, I laugh all the time uh, in my industry, 
with what I do, there's not often a, a, an opportunity for us to rapidly respond to something like that, right? It, there's not a lot, you know, not not many people in my in my neighborhood or in my friend circle need contact center recording and workforce management, right? It's not something that, but to be able to say, yeah, we were able to kind of really help out. was actually a really good feeling. And, you know, the, the ability of the cloud to, to manage that had really had a big part. So what are some of the other, yeah, what are, is, there was, was there another trend that you were? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, it's, it's not just because of the pandemic, but um, last few years uh, is the adoption of AI and ML technologies, mm-hmm. right? Not too far back in the past, many, like most of the people thought that AI ML is here to take away their jobs. And, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of negative connotation associated with um, uh, artificial intelligence. But what we are seeing in last few years that uh, there are new technologies and softwares that are emerging that are using these technologies in a very creative way, right? And even in contact centers, we're seeing the adoption in, this, in the self-service and also at agent assist. So it's not about it's going to take away the, the jobs of, from the agents, but it's going to help agents to be more productive, empower them to provide more personalized service to the, the customers, um, so, so these are the, some of the widespread, uh, um, you know, uh, trends that are, we, we're seeing. Yeah. And so let's, let's transition that into some of the challenges that now kind of spur from these trends. I'd like to stay on that one for a minute because AI and ML is such a fascinating thing. You know, you talked about the fear that AI and ML were going to remove these jobs and in all honesty, all they've done is just reiterate how important they are because AI and ML is doing a great job of kind of taking away the the easy, easy stuff. And what it's leaving is the really hard stuff that humans need to be. You know, we, we still haven't quite cracked the code on how AI and ML can show empathy towards a customer or really process a really, really tough uh interaction. And so what it's what it's done I think is to really actually improve the visibility of how important the human-based assist part of AI and ML and what that leaves for the rest of us to, to manage before we get to Skynet taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as as you said, um it's not that um, so since we're still working on the the cracking the code of empathy but agents are there to relate with our customers, but how do we, how do we empower them to be, be more successful, right? So that's where AI and ML technologies are empowering our day-to-day tasks and making us more efficient and productive. Yeah. And I, and you see it now, uh, you know, I go to, uh, trade shows or I go to, you know, corp, uh, industry events and, AI and ML, it's everybody's making it the name of their company, let alone the technology, right? So you see so much of those things uh, aiming to make our industry better. And I'm just curious from your perspective, um, we're talking about some of the challenges. What are some of the challenges in kind of uh, making that work towards the, the general populace? So challenges in terms of AI and ML or in contact center in general? Well, let's start with AI and ML and then work our way towards contact centers. Yeah. So from AI and ML perspective, 
you know, first of all, as you, as you said that, as you're going to conferences and and talking to different people in the industry, it's sort of a buzzword, right? Um, and and um, people are using it everywhere. Um, but be, but the, the point is, we still have not harnessed the complete power of this technology. Right? This technology is based on data. If the outcome that you get using this technology is as good as the data you feed, but the problem is that data is not clean today. Right? Mm-hmm. There is a there is a vast majority of data available within the organizations, and you can really use it to uh, with this technology to get powerful outcomes. But the the point is that we are not able to aggregate the, that data and feed it to this technology. So uh, we are still a long way to to do so. And also, um, you, you you know, using your imagination, how where you can uh, deploy these technologies to be more successful. So I think um, we we still have to first uh, overcome the the basics that is uh, having uh, have to have cleaner data and make sure that we are integrating that data to feed into these technologies to get uh, meaningful outcomes. Is is another challenge you see around that the idea of having enough data? Um, I you know I I can imagine you know a. a 12,000 seat contact center taking, you know, you know, 10, 20,000 calls a day and, you know, 10,000 chats and 12,000 emails all kind of contributing to the data set of AI. But what about the 50 seat contact center? Do they get enough data to, to really leverage AI and ML? Oh, that's a very good question, right? You, you do need vast amount of data to, for these models to, to work properly. Right, but you can work for a larger scale and then work downwards. So what okay. I'm saying is, for example, you work on a on a large corporation that has that vast amount of data to offer. You make models learn about that, uh, that like how to work in that particular scenario. And use those models to work in a in a in a small scale environment, in 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 situations where the vast amount of data is not available, you can rely on the past records, right? Mm-hmm. It will take some time for those models to work, but you know you can have those models learn uh, what's happening in your environment based on past 60 days of data or 90 days of data, which means that you really have to wait for the technology to really learn and provide that outcome for some, you know, for 60 to 90 months. But, you know, th- there are workarounds available. Okay, 60 to 90 months. So that's 60 to 90 days, sorry. I was going to say it's starting to sound like the lease on my car when you talk about the 60 to 90 months. No, uh, no, no 60 that, to 90 days. But, no, but again... That don't take my word for 60 to 90 days. Um, you know, it could be more, it could be less based on what scenario it is. No, but that's, that, uh, you know, and it's funny. I, I, you know, a lot of times when we start these podcasts, I don't necessarily intend for the, the conversation to go where it is, but th- this is a great little deep dive on AI and ML and how that works. Now, let's let's expand it a little bit beyond the, the lar- to, into the larger picture. You know, we talked about some of the challenges of AI and ML. What, what challenges are out there that you see uh, specific to the contact center? What other things that can, can be brought into the conversation? Yeah, I, I think um, 
for contact centers, the, the number one is the customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, that's the number one outcome and the bottom line for, for a contact center. And, you know, if you look at some of the statistics that are publicly available, um, there are about 30% of the, the calls in a contact center that are that are come from calls or issues that have not resolved in the past, mm-hmm. right? And even if the contact centers compensate for those callers, it takes seven positive experiences to convert one bad one. Right. right? And, and these, these statistics are publicly available. And what happens if the, the biggest differentiator these days is customer experience. If you're not providing a great customer experience, it not only be difficult to retain your existing customers, but also require, acquire new ones. Mm-hmm. So um, that is one of the, the major uh, factor for contact centers to consider. It's, there is no um, surprise here, but the other aspect is that the customer experience is tightly correlated with agent experience. Yes. So if the agents are happy, customers are happy. If the agents are more productive and efficient and creative, that actually you can see that results in the the customer satisfaction. Right. Happy customers equals happy, or happy agents equals happy customers. That's the phrase I was looking for, right? You do see that. And, but I think the biggest thing that we're seeing now is the, I, I don't know if it's just the context center model in general, but especially when you throw a global pandemic, uh, increased expectations is that it's getting harder and harder for the agent to deliver that experience consistently. Um, why do you think that is? So the, the, the thing with pandemic, and we were talking about this earlier, that organizations has to quickly adapt to this new trend and, and this new environment. And one of the one of the um, the major changes, you know, agents are working from home, and we had to. Um, we means the the companies had to adopt their technologies to and deliver same sort of services with the new set of uh, technologies and tools, and that has resulted in suboptimal customer experience. Yes, right, because the tools are not are disjointed because everything had to, you know, quickly put together to uh, conform to the new regulations. And with that, um, the onus is falling back on agents to fill that gap, right? So the agents are on the hook to deliver the the optimal experience that once the, the, the customers were getting. Even though I have 17 different windows open, I have 33 different channels I have to worry about. I have a screaming child in the back room. I have, uh, you know, oh, I have my CSAT scores to worry about. I have my number of interactions handled to scores to worry about. I have NPS to worry about. I have sentiment analysis to worry about, right? It's, it's, can I just help the customer? Can can you please just let me help the customer? That's what I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And, um, and this has resulted in agent burnout. Yes. And, um, you know, most companies have not even adopted tools to manage the the agent experience, right? They have been focusing on the customer experience, but 
the agent experience is not top of the priority list. But Calabrio do provide um, a comprehensive set of tools to optimally manage agent experience. So do you want to talk about like how Calabrio One is helping the customers manage that? Uh, gosh, I, I would love to. Uh, that's kind of my job. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty cool because, you know, you can look at agent experience in a couple different ways. Um, me being a longtime kind of workforce management person, to, uh, agent experience has often meant, you know, making sure that they have the proper tools available to them to make their schedule uh, work, right? Like being able to easily uh, adjust my schedule uh, without having to jump through a lot of hoops, uh, whether that means just moving a break or a lunch or, you know, adding or removing hours from my day to kind of fit my schedule and at requesting vacation time and schedule trades, right? A lot of focus on that from Calabrio in the last few years to really enable that top-notch uh, agent experience. But in other cases, um, having been an agent back in my former life, the agent experience to me is, is how easy is it for me to get information delivered to me, whether that's kind of in real time. Like I came from the days where I used to have the notebook sitting on the desk, right? With the tabs and the post-it notes and, oh, if somebody asks a question, I go to this and, and, and now a lot of that is digital and making sure that the agent can, can get that information. But where it really is important for the agent, like interfacing directly with the customer is eliminating the stress points that that cause my headaches throughout the day. And what I mean by that is using tools like Calabrio Analytics to identify the issues that are problematic within the organization and, and, and dealing with them as opposed to sitting there and just kind of continuing to use the agent's personality and empathy to deal with a problem, right? That's the way it's kind of traditionally been. If there was a shipping problem in the warehouse, or if there's a problem with the website, it's apologize, show empathy, and you know, make sure the customer is taken care of. What if we just fixed the dang problem, right? How about that? How about we eliminate that? And that's what some of the tools that have... So while it doesn't directly impact the agent in their, on what's happening on their screen, we really like to think that it impacts the agent's ability to kind of manage through the, to, to let's focus their energy in places that really need it and not just on the same thing over and over again that really kind of is painful. So to answer your question, that's some of the things that Calabrio has done. I'm, I'm curious, I'll, I'll return the question since we're playing tennis here, uh, we go back to you. What are, the, what are some of the things that Amazon uh, and Amazon Connect specifically have done to kind of make that agent experience really uh, hit a home run if we're mixing metaphors with sports here? <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I think um, um, from the, the what Amazon Connect has done, it's two-pronged, right? One is for the enterprises and second one for the agents. I also want to talk about enterprises also a little bit. Um, traditionally, if you have seen, and we touched uh, on this a little bit earlier, that the, the organization, they don't know the experience of spinning up a contact center in like a matter of two days or three days, right? So Unheard of Amazon, in the past. Exactly. Absolutely unheard of. Especially especially in the contact center world. And 
when we talk about large contact centers, the 20,000 agents, the 30,000 agents, they can't, the, the companies can't even fathom that this is even possible. So that thought process, so Amazon Connect has challenged that process quite a bit. So it's just easy to, you know, a click of, it's as easy as click of a button, right? Um, second is the, uh, the, the paper use model is transforming. Um, I remember uh, in the past when I was um, selling contact centers and I had customers that has seasonality, right? They, they, were, they had a significant call volume in a particular time of the year, for example, the tax time or Mother's Day or, you know, Father's Day or whatever. So, but these contact centers had to, uh, you know, size their infrastructure to accommodate that peak volume, which only comes once or twice a year. Right, for, for like a week and a half. Exactly. And mm -hmm. that's a very, very expensive proposition. So Amazon Connect has just changed the game and, you know, you can pay for what you use. And it's, it's just, um, you know, it has changed the way the, the contact centers have been doing business. Right. So, so never, never think about whether you have enough channels, whether you have enough lines, whether you have enough, uh, you know, incoming Incoming channels or lines, I guess, is the same first phrase. Uh, but never worry about that. Just handle what you need, right? And then, and then, you know, the the usage is is ramped up accordingly. I mean, I think that's that's such a great model. Never having to yep. call anybody and say, "Hey, can you add a hundred agents to my plan?" Never, never having to go through that. It's just, it's just there, right? And the way Amazon and Collabrio, uh, in conjunction with uh, Amazon has be the ability to ramp up and ramp down that has a dramatic impact now okay so you mentioned that's the enterprise side what about the agent side specifically so from the agent perspective as you mentioned that in the past the, the agent had to juggle between five different screens to get in the information for a customer and then enter the information from the customer into another system. So they, at, at any point in time, agent is juggling between three different screens. But Amazon Connect has simplified that experience. Um, you know, if you think about Amazon Connect, it is the software that Amazon, our parent company, uses to support our customers. Mm -hmm. So when we thought about providing world-class experience to our customers, there was no technology available in the market that could actually do what Amazon, our parent company, wanted to do. So we built our own technology to provide that experience to our customers. And we thought that, well, if we need them, you know, there are other companies out there who would need them. And that's how Amazon Connect came in picture. So... At the with 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 Amazon Connect, you know, in the in other technology in other platforms, it's very hard to figure out why the customer called before, what channels that the customer had interacted, did they, you know, use web chat option before or email before, and if they did, what was their experience? So Amazon Connect solves that, and as soon as you know uh, the agent is connected to the customer. Agent has agent can quickly see that 
what was what were the previous interactions and what happened and how can i efficiently help them right it it to me it kind of comes down to a pretty simple you know question is how do we remove the barriers to information right whether we're talking about the agent accessing you know past interactions and making sure that that information there um, how do we remove the barriers for them to you know work with their own schedule and get that work-life balance how do we remove the barriers from the enterprise to turn on spin up and maintain an, a, a situation, right? And the easier we can make that process, the it trickles down to the customer experience, right? If you're spending less time working here and less money working here, and then your agents are spending less time finding the information they need, getting the answers that they want, that translates into a positive customer experience. I mean, there are other factors, let's be clear, but that is that's pretty amazing. And I think, you know, we, you and I talked about this and there was a, one of the customers that, that we've worked in conjunction with uh, Kazoo out of the UK. Uh, they, they're a car buying, uh, man, not a manufacturer, a car buying uh, service that allows people to just, you know, basically buy a car on the web. Like you'd, like you'd buy something from Amazon, you know, maybe you've heard of Amazon. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I, maybe if you can speak just a little bit about what, what the problem was with Kazoo and then what they were able to turn around and do, I think that really illustrates what we're talking about here today. Absolutely. Uh, Kazoo is a, is a great, um, great uh, joint our customers. Um, Kazoo will almost double their workforce during pandemic. And with all of the stay-at-home orders and and um, everyone had to just, you know, coop down in their houses, but, but they had a bigger problem in their hand that they wanted to adopt a technology that can, you know, um, quickly be ready to support their... Um, uh, to support their workforce, which is increasing rapidly. Uh, and when I say workforce, uh, they're contact center agents. Um, so Amazon Connect was an obvious choice because as we discussed, it's the, you know, you can spin up an infrastructure in a matter of weeks or even days. Um, and they chose Amazon Connect with Calabria One, which is on AWS as a cloud-based solution. Uh, and, um, it provides them flexibility um, to, uh, you know, allow their allow them the flexibility that how they will be managing their um, their remote agents. Right, earlier they were not even using a workforce management technology, but they realized that uh, with an expanding workforce, it would be very hard for them to maintain schedules and. Uh, you know, forecasted. So they uh, implemented Calabria One with Amazon Connect as a solution to support their um, their expanding workforce. And not only that, I mean, we can talk about for for days about how the 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 kind of uh, features and capabilities that they receive. But really, the the important part was how quickly it could be available to them. Right. Because you can't just tell your customers, please stop calling until the pandemic is over because we just don't have the capability to do this. So it was very important to get this up and going quickly. And I think that's that's one of the larger talking points about uh, the way the three organizations were able to work together. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's fantastic. And, and you know, Kazoo, do, do not get me started on workforce management because we could be here for another 45 minutes and we wouldn't even we wouldn't even scratch the surface. But I think it's such a great example of going back to what I was talking about, removing the barriers, right? The old school barriers used to be, well, we have to buy servers, we have to turn on servers, and we have to go the next direction. And uh, as far as what, what those barriers are, we can slow those down a little bit. And uh, well, I guess not slow them down, we can speed them up, you know, depending on how you look at it, and really kind of turn it into a, a positive for these organizations. Well, Shalima, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I, I can't thank Amazon, AWS, Amazon Connect. It's so wonderful working with you all. You've been so great with the, through this entire process and such a great partner with Collabrio. We really enjoy the, uh, the, the collaboration. And ultimately, no matter what, what it really boils down to me and the rest of the team is that we can put a very viable solution in the hands of uh, our customers that turn into a, a positive for them, right? And that's that's what ultimately it all boils down to for everybody at Calabrio and everybody at, at the Amazon, Amazon Connect and AWS, the the ability for us to really turn this into something that they can use and that it it has a positive impact, whether we're talking about Kazoo or any other customer out there that might be looking into this, uh, this potential group. So I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, this has been an absolute uh, pleasure. Um, we really love working with Amazon and we want to keep that up. So I will say to you, I'll let you have the last word. Is there anything uh, you want to, uh, to, to sing to the, uh, sing to the masses here as, as we close out this podcast episode? Absolutely. Um, it was uh, great talking to you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was a great conversation. Collaborators are one of our most strategic partner, and we are looking forward to working together in the future. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, as always, thank you so much to our listeners uh, for spending some time with us. It always makes me feel just a little bit better every single day, knowing that there's people out there that want to hear the message that uh, Calabria is bringing. Uh, Shalima, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to potentially having you on uh, again later on down the road as we continue the partnership. And uh, as always from Calabria, thank you guys so much uh we do uh we do hope that you get a lot out of this if you ever have uh ideas for a future podcast episode please do not hesitate to reach out to us we are available at collaborio.com and if you have more questions obviously you uh it's it's a little bit of a big website but you can always check out amazon.com to to find more but i would say maybe go to amazon connect uh, and, and, and look from that perspective. Otherwise you might end up ordering 600 back scratchers like I did this morning. Uh, but, uh, appreciate it so much. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your, uh, week. And we will talk to you soon on the working smarter podcast by Calabria. Thanks everybody. 